Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ticket City presents Why You Go to See the Red Raiders. So this was the moment in tech sports, and I was a senior in high school at the time, and I remember wanting to go to the game, but I couldn't because I had to work a shift. When my shift ended, me and my coworkers just turned on the radio, and we all hung around my truck, and all of a sudden we heard the roar of the crowd, so we knew something happened, and then we heard the famous call on the radio of Crabtree scoring to beat UT. Put yourself in the action with Ticket City. Visit LubbockOnline.com slash sports and click tickets. From the sports desk of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal and RedRaiders.com, here's your look at all things Texas Tech sports. Now, here's the Red Raider Podcast. And hello, everyone. I'm Carlos Silva, the sports editor here at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, bringing you another edition of the Red Raider Podcast Opponent Preview Series. And on the phone, we've got Drew Davison, who covers all things TCU athletics for the Star-Telegram. Appreciate you having uh, the time to help us out here, Drew. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks for having me on. Well, certainly there's a lot of uh, storylines going into it. I know everyone, uh, at least from Texas Tech, kind of knows about Alan Bowman and his uh, come back as he's getting back from a partially collapsed lung that he suffered against West Virginia. But there's also another quarterback, a potential starter, that uh, TCU is kind of wondering what his status is. I guess if you could just give us an update on Sean uh, Robinson, and I know uh, something with his left throwing shoulder and left non-throwing shoulder. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sean Robinson, he's kind of been battling a uh, shoulder injury much of this season. Uh, he, he's, you know, been getting treatment on it, and, and you saw – uh, it kind of popped up in the Texas game uh, last month, and, and you know, he took a big hit in the Iowa State game. Uh, Coach Gary Patterson said that Sean will play. He doesn't know if he'll start. Uh, so, that, you know, that kind of tells me that Sean might not be 100%. They certainly want him probably being a little more cautious on, on when he runs and, and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, if we see backup Michael Collins, he's an Ivy League transfer that, that Gary has been high on uh, all season, really. So uh, right now, Sean Robinson will play. Uh, but much like the Tech situation, uh, <laughs> there, there's it's kind of uncertain. And, and Gary's yeah. holding it close to his vest as far as snaps and, and, and that sort of thing. So I guess in terms of that, I guess, what, what do you know about Michael Collins? I know he doesn't have too much game experience. I believe he's got about 14 passes just so far this year, but 105 yards, one touchdown, and no interceptions, which certainly you have to like if you're a head coach. Right, I, and, and like you said, we, we've seen him very minimum, uh, minimally in-game in action, but you know, the, the co- just going off what the coaching staff says from Patterson to co-offensive coordinator Sonny Cumbie, uh, Michael Collins can make any throw out there. He, he moves better than you probably think for a 6'4", 6'5", guy. He had a good spring, and certainly uh, the, the Frogs uh, you, you know, feel he's capable of, of not only playing well and, and keeping them in the game, but 
you know, there's no hesitation. And, and this was a quarterback battle all fall camp, and, and Sean Robinson wasn't anointed the starter until August 18th. So certainly uh, TCU does feel like Michael Collins can step in and get the job done if he has to. Well, one good thing about it is they do have a pretty good running back uh, stable there, starting with Darius Anderson and uh, Shea Wo. I guess uh, what have you kind of seen from them? I know Sean Robinson's kind of been there as their top three to, to kind of round them out over the guys that have run for over 100 yards. But what have you seen from their uh, running attack this this year without, Tur- uh, w- without Turpin kind of stepping up so far? Right. I mean, the rushing attack has been solid. I, you know, Darius Anderson's a home run threat every time he gets the ball in his hands. He set a school record. Uh, with a 93-yard run against Ohio State. Uh, you know, he, he's an electric back, but, you know, the, the last couple weeks, Texas and Iowa State have really kind of zeroed in on him mm-hmm. and, and done a good job of limiting what he can do. But the TCU really needs him to get going uh, here down the stretch, especially if, you know, Robinson's nursing injury. And Shawo, you know, is a bigger back. Uh, kind of the three, <laughs> three yards, you know, the, the, the pounded in the middle. And, and he's had success, too, and, and uh, really had a solid game against Iowa State. But, you know, the, the biggest question right now is, you know, if the offensive line can create enough running lanes for the running backs. I mean, this is a unit that's kind of had an inconsistent year. Yep. Uh, you know, they've had uh, four different starters at right guard. They've shuffled a little at left guard because of an injury. Uh, to their everyday starter, Cordell Awagwu. So, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, that that's a big question. You know, the running game, you, they certainly have talent, but if the offensive line's not opening up a little bit of holes, a little bit of seams, it's hard to take advantage. Well, I guess just uh, speaking of the offense, let's kind of switch it to the defensive side and what I guess uh, Texas Tech fans can kind of expect there. It seems like uh, Ben Banigou's kind of doing what Ben Banigou does, but got a lot of other guys that have kind of been in the backfield with uh, Corey Bethley and some of those other guys as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Ben Banigou has, you know, he's starting to hit his stride, starting to get sacks, starting to become more disruptive here in the last couple games. And, And Corey Bethley, you mentioned him. He's really kind of been a uh, breakout player for TCU. He had a solid freshman year, but uh, has kind of taken another step. He plays the three-tech, the under-tackle for the Frogs, mm-hmm. and, and has really kind of been a disruptive force. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, but they're certainly missing Ross Blacklock uh, in NFL talent who was mm-hmm. supposed to start alongside Bethley. But, uh, but Bethley's having a solid year and... and you know, like you said, they, they've got some other guys. Ennis Gaines, the safety, uh, has made some nice plays in the backfield. And, and Garrett Wallow is kind of uh, a safety-turned linebacker, but, you know, he certainly fits the Ty Summers, Trayvon Howard, uh, kind of the next guy, the lineage of, of real solid, productive TCU linebackers. So I guess just kind of talking about those first two levels, the one thing that really kind of stuck out to me was the fact that they've only gotten two interceptions so far this season. Is it just a matter of uh, teams are just kind of sticking away from it or they just haven't been able to kind of find just some lanes and just kind of kind of make some plays so far? 
Well, I, I you know, Gary Patter, I, of course, TCU wants to create more turnovers, yeah. and that's been a point of emphasis. But, you know, in Gary Patterson's mind, uh, the reason those opportunities might not have been there, they've been playing a lot of man, which yeah. instead of zone. So, you know, they're obviously looking more uh, at their receiver or zone. You can kind of follow the quarterback eyes a little mm-hmm. more. So, you know, to him, that's kind of explains it. But they've been uh, kind, of, kind of offsetting that. I guess they've been really good on third down, one of the best third down defenses. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, even though they haven't forced the takeaways like – you would expect a Gary Patterson defense to do. They have been good at getting off the field uh, and forcing punts. So, of course, they want more <laughs> impact plays, big plays. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you kind of take the good with the bad. Once again, we're talking with Drew Davison, who covers TCU Athletics for the Star-Telegram. You can follow him at Drew, D-R-E-W, Davison, D-A-V-I-S-O-N. Kind of talking a little bit. Just overall general theme for you, uh, Drew. I guess what what have you kind of seen from this TCU team that won two, lost two, and then kind of got that big win over Iowa State, who's looking pretty good now with Brock Purdy, uh, at least at the uh, quarterback spot. But I guess just the, those two losses to on the road at Texas, and then of course that big neutral side game against Ohio, Ohio State earlier this year. I guess what what have you kind of seen from this team just overall in the first five weeks? Yeah, Carlos. I mean, I, I think this has been your stereotypical. Uh, season with a young quarterback and inexperienced quarterback. I mean, Sean Robinson's flash brilliance. I mean, uh, you know, he, he doesn't seem to get rattled. He had him leading against Ohio State and yep. Texas at halftime, and then uh, the turnovers killed them in the second half. You know, Sean, whether he was trying to do too much or just making a, a wrong read here or there, uh, those proved to be very costly. Uh, to TCU, so I think you know that kind of reflects, and, and then, uh, but this uh, you know there, there's young players outside of Sean, kind of all mm-hmm. over the field, and, and you know we mentioned the offensive line, that four guys land in NFL camp, so they're still trying to find their stride, hit their stride. So uh, it, it's been inconsistent, but you know I think it just boils down young team, young quarterback uh, that I think has the chance to. Uh, continue developing and progressing uh, during the season. So I guess from a Texas Tech perspective, we asked Coach Kingsbury if the bye week came at a good time, and for obvious reasons it did just because he had so many guys beat up. Do you feel it came at a good time for for TCU just in terms of uh, just giving Gary Patterson that extra extra time to kind of prepare for a, a, a pretty diverse uh, Red Raider offense? Yeah, I, I do, and I, I think on two fronts. I mean, similarly to Texas Tech, it, it's given TCU – uh, an extended break to hopefully get some of their guys healthy. Like I said, the left guard yeah. who started all of last season, Cordell, he could be back uh, with this extended break in free safety. Nico Small, who didn't play against Iowa State, could also return. So that was good to get an extended break. And, of course, Sean Robinson getting you know more time off to let mm-hmm. his shoulder heal. Uh, so on that injury front, it came out a good time. And then number two, uh, on the conference call today, Gary talked about you know, how he was able to go watch some of actually Kansas City Chiefs yeah. film. Mm-hmm. And and that's something, you know, a college coach watching NFL film is not something he usually does. But with a few extra days, he, he was able to watch, you know, some of the Chiefs film, see what Pat Mahomes was doing up in Kansas City because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in his mind, he sees a lot of the run pass options similar between Chiefs and Red Raiders. So, 
so from that extent, yeah, it did come at a good time. Let it get, let, let the guys get a little bit healthier, and then two, kind of let the coaching staff break down film that they might not otherwise uh, do. So I guess from your perspective, I guess what are you kind of expecting from this game? I know Sean Robinson made his debut uh, last year. I, I remember that and being the first true freshman, uh, if anything, to kind of start for Gary Patterson in his 18th season last year against Texas Tech. They got that big victory, 27-3. I guess what are you kind of expecting after seeing what he did last year and then obviously kind of, as you mentioned, the up and downs that he's had so far? Yeah, I mean, I, to, to me, I think it's it's this game so hard to project just because – uh, we don't know how many snaps and how available Sean Robinson will be. Yeah. We also <laughs> there's also so many questions with the Tech quarterbacks and, and how Cliff Kingsbury will utilize them. So, but I do think you know Sean has made strides and and he he does have that resiliency that poise where you know nothing really rattles him. So you know I I don't think uh, if he's healthy and able to go I don't think. I think that's what you'll see in, in Michael Collins. It'll be interesting. I mean, the the his teammates rave about his arm, saying it's as good as Trayvon Boykins mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. So, you know, it, it'll be an entertaining game. I think, you know, I don't know if Texas Tech's going to hit their 48-point uh, average mm-hmm. against TCU, but I, I think it'll be a little more low scoring. But, you know, I, I could definitely see both teams – uh, get in the 30s and and really uh, kind of go either way, just depending on what quarterback or quarterbacks uh, step up. So I know you kind of mentioned some numbers. Not going to ask you to kind of make a prediction here, but I guess if if you're watching this game, what are you looking for to say? Okay, TCU is in a good position to win, or Texas Tech is in a good position to win. Well, I, I think from TCU's perspective, it comes down to limiting the number of giveaways. I mean, they've turned the ball over. Uh, 10 or 11 times yeah. through the last three weeks. So if they're taking care of the ball, if they're, you know, not giving Texas Tech a short field and, and having good field position, you know, I think things will be going well uh, for TCU. And, and conversely on Texas Tech, I mean, if their offense and, and passing game is able to uh, find holes and, and whatnot against TCU's secondary and, one of the top defense, the the top defense in the Big Twelve, one of the best in the country. Then you know things are obviously going good for the Red Raiders. So I think it really comes down, you know, TCU's got to limit the takeaways or giveaways, excuse me, and uh, you know Tech Tech for them that they've got to be able to score points and and find ways to get it done against one of the top defenses. Once again, that's Drew Davison. He covers all things TCU athletics for the. Star Telegram, appreciate the time, Drew, and we'll uh, see you over there in Fort Worth on uh, Thursday for a 6.30 p.m. kickoff. All right, sounds good, Carlos. Should be a good one. Appreciate it. Once again, you've enjoyed another edition of the Red Raider Podcast, brought to you by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. I'm Carlos Silva, the sports editor here at the newspaper. We'll talk to you next week.